Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Horsemanship Remark Show. It is September 2023. Uh, the weather here is still beautiful, but it is definitely heading towards fall. I wanted to invite you all, everyone that was in the 2023 Northwood Farms 12 Horsemanship Challenge, remember you guys are invited to join us in the Northwood Farms Fall Horsemanship Throwdown which is coming up, I think, on the 23rd of this month. And it's going to be um, the 4321 challenge. So in the last 43 days uh, before the time changes, we're going to pick one horse and put in 21 hours. No matter how you want to define it, that is totally fine. You can sleep with your horse for two days in their stall you could go on a big trail ride you could break it up into small bits you don't have to ride I'm thinking that I'm gonna use feather which would be really exciting because it will be the first time that I've gotten a chance to be a part of the long ears be really cool uh, good morning everybody let's see Okay, I might switch off of Starlink because I'm wondering if it needs that. Ah. Uh, Audio's back. Shall we try the no Starlink? I don't know. I think you. for the most part it's good. But if it does, yeah. Is it back, Corey? <laughs> Jody. Oh my gosh, Jody, BLM land. Hmm. Back for me. Okay, let's just roll along me. here. So I was telling everyone all about the fall throwdown, which is if you were in the Northwood Farms 12 Week Horsemanship Challenge, you're going to be invited to the fall throwdown. You'll get an email, and that is where we pick one horse to spend 21 hours, no matter how you slice it, with zero rules, just that there's one horse, 21 hours in the last 43 days before the time changes. So remember, that's coming up, I think, September 23rd, really quickly. So, is Kip's throwdown? Was this yeah. originally yeah. Kip's idea, it was or Kip and Jen Bell? Uh huh. huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, who? And I don't. That was so cool. long ago. I don't remember. I mean, it was ten years ago or something like that. At least Big Jackson is. Yeah. Yeah, eleven years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Does Kip? Wow, 11 years ago, I just kept doing the throwdown no, this year. Sure he's like, busy. For us. Has, no, has he been, no, has he been riding like as of late at all? No, but he's like a six or a four or something now. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Golf so how are you? I'm good. Good, good. how are you? What, what, what else? oh, you... You mentioned before your audio cut out that you were part of the Long Ears Club. Are you going to be spending 21 hours right? with Feather as part of I don't of know. Your... Not sure. It probably 
How many hours do you think you have lot, logged so a far? A lot. Quite a few. So, so we're at three weeks tomorrow since I picked her up. Every, every single day, I've been the one to feed her twice a day. A hundred. <laughs> could be a hundred hours. I know. But some Holy of that cow. is like me bringing my iPad into her round pen and working. It's not like we've been, you know, studying for that long. In terms of like work, like education, I don't know. 21 hours probably though, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's so fun. And what, what do you you have to show I know because he doesn't watch my videos you Just guys know kidding. what I have to show for because you watch my videos he would know if he did hey, I watched the Jill Winger um Wing, Wing, I think Winger, it's Winger. Or, um isn't she Winger. cool that was fun yeah it was very cool yeah. Sunday special this coming oh. Sunday with Billy Money as well because he has more we did oh really yeah. I thought you already did, did. Yeah, because are oh, you doing? Yeah, I think conversation. More news that he would like to talk about, and the Buck Clinic is not this weekend for him, but I think next weekend or something like that. It's coming up, so I think he wants to talk about that just a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, what's on? You want to hear the news from BLM land? From Mustang land. Now sure. I'm an expert. Um, so, you know about the TIP program. Did you hear about this yet? Uh -huh. You did? Yeah. Well, well I mean, I know so about the TIP Mustang program. So Mustang Foundation what, and BLM have dissolved their partnership. So the TIP program is going away. I would guess something is coming to replace it, but not with the Mustang Heritage Foundation. So that's part of the news, which is a huge deal. So that kind of dropped yesterday. The, the crunchy part about it is that um, everyone that has horses that they were planning to tip out has to have them done by the 30th of this month. And some, some people were storefronts, you know, and have eight or nine, or even if you had two or three and, and you were like, oh, cr what if, I mean, yeah. What if you're stuck? So, Taylor, yeah. good morning. Um, stuck is in a bunch of horses. You're not going to have them done by that time. And now you're not going to get your $1,000 throwback. If, I think that's pretty tricky. Yeah. I mean, just saying, okay, well, we're going to we're gonna do something. At least, at yeah. least give people 90 uh -huh. days. You know, for for those that take a little longer to to get and like I was going to be a tip trainer, through. as you know, I wanted to get so so I paid my membership to Mustang Heritage Foundation, and they must have known this was going to happen. So I was like, but whatever. I understand big organizations; it's tricky. So I would think that there's going to be something else going on, but the reality is the Mustang Heritage Foundation and BLM released a statement yesterday and it sounds honestly like it was the Bureau of Land Management's decision due to some um, staff changes at 
at Mustang Heritage Foundation. So I, I know nothing about that, you guys. The other bit of news from BLM land is a Teens in Oregon Mustang event was last weekend. So I was there for a couple hours on Saturday. It was very interesting to watch everybody go. Uh, my favorite thing is that all the kids, like there were kids and adults, but lots and lots of teenagers, teenage girls. I didn't see a single teenage boy. I saw some adult dudes, you know, um, <clears throat> but the camaraderie between all of them and the, the like, cause I was walking around the barns, you know, you can hear them talking to each other. It, it, it was great. That was very, very cool. And check this out. So the number one auction price was 25,000. And there was probably oh. 10 that went for between nine and 11,000. Wow. So these are Mustangs of all ages, probably most of them younger. But these aren't some, these aren't little some, yearlings. Mm -hmm. Some were They're yearlings, but those were not the high price ones. The high price ones were broke horses. Mm -hmm. And are they all, all short? I mean, these kids can have the Mustang for quite some time to get further along. With them, yeah, right? it was. This isn't a 39 It was. Day I think a hundred and, oh. I think they had 140 what? days total, including showtime or something close to that. They got them in April. Yeah. Wow. So the yearlings, you know, went for less money for sure. <laughs> Werner, oh my God, your brand looks amazing. We need to, I need to buy some of it so I can show it off don't let me forget to do that so um yeah th there were a lot of yearlings which of course is makes it easier to keep the horses you know because you do have to be required they had 200 people approved approved to bid yeah adopted. and all the horses got adopted but i would say someone would have to correct me but like out of a hundred and a hundred horses hundred and yeah 100 horses, let's say, there were probably, I don't know, maybe 30 that were going under saddle, something like that. We have a couple questions here. Let, let's see. Um, do you think the prices were selling? In, influenced upwards um, by color. It's a good question. I, I would say color by there was one a friend of mine bid on it for a client that was eleven five and just a bag. I saw it the other day, so it wasn't only color. Size does appear to matter, and I, I hope they were all geldings. But size does appear to matter. Although one of them that I am thinking of uh, did have color, but it was only fourteen three. So to me, what it looks like is they did have to be good looking, but Casey picked all good looking horses for this anyway. None of them were, were duds. Like they were all very, very interesting. And the one I used for the remark show reminder, you guys, the little baby that Debbie took a picture of it drinking, that was in the event. So we got to see him kind of grown up. And that was pretty cool. Um, but color or size, what was the ideal size like bigger no, people like them bigger i guess but let me just rephrase i could not see one particular thing 
other than the more broke they were, the higher the dollar amount, number one. Number two, the Teens in Oregon Mustang Facebook group, or yeah, Facebook group, was definitely gotten a lot of notoriety. And the girls that did a lot with their horses on that, probably, I would guess that's part of it too. But um, some people put a lot of time. They the, the Mustangs had been to horse shows on pack trips, like, um, I don't know, to, to the beach. Like there was a lot of time put into these horses and that seemed to be what the dollar amount was. Yeah, so, yeah. Joanne jo jo asked oh, the big oh, right. um, So the tip, whoops, ah, sorry. So the TIP program is, was a separate 501c3, or is, was, that had basically been called the Mustang Heritage Foundation. You guys can look it up. I don't know if they have a statement on their website today. As of last night, they did not. Um, and what they had done was partner with the BLM. So they had about $300,000 every year as a trainer incentive program whereby let's say i was an approved tip trainer which basically i did apply so that i could see what it was and you have to have a facility that qualifies which you have to have no matter what you what you do um, you have to have a facility that qualifies and then um, i had to have two references so let's say i adopt a horse from wherever and I brought one home with feather, let's just say, well, I would have 100 days. I think I had to declare it maybe before I adopted it though. Anyway, I would have 100 days to get it to where you can halter it, pick up all four feet and load it into a trailer. And then the payout was $1,000. So they had $300,000 um to incentivize trainers to do this now remember through the blm you can adopt a mustang and if you keep it for one year you can you are will be eligible well you have to declare this at the beginning when you adopt them like they but they always ask you hey do you want to be a part of the adoption incentive program which why wouldn't you so if you keep it for a year so for instance i'm going to keep feather well, she dies and so in one year the blm government federal government will cut me a check for a thousand dollars so in other words you have to keep it for a year or or well can you read well, see this within is, that year honestly no. this is where things are I think in flux. So the technical rule is that you can reassign this animal whenever you want. And so let's say I wanted you to take feather. So, so I, you could pay the BLM $25. You have to be approved. So you have to have the facility you know, to keep her, she's whatever, let's just say, which just means you guys, that just means fences and a minimum square footage. Every state has something different. Um, you know, so for it, like Michael would probably have to have a shelter 
of some kinds and then some kind and then it's a minimum of 400 square feet for the animal to live in. so it's not like it's but it's the height of the fences and you can't have hot wire i mean like duh right but let's just say i wanted you to take feather or you really wanted feather whatever then i could say i could either say great michael awesome you know just pay your 25 dollars reassignment fee and so long as you're an approved adopter off you go i can also say sure michael you want my super cool blm mule well then um you're welcome to pay your $25 in, uh, reassignment fee, but I am also going to require $10,000 in training fees. Because after all, I did put a ton of time and effort into this magical little being, and that's what she's worth, $10,000. So you see how it's basically selling the horse. But you have Correct. to throw $25 to the And this is where BLM. things get a little dicey because the I think – Everyone wants these horses to to get educated and to find homes. Like, duh, of course that's the deal. As good stewards of these horses, these animals, I think, you know, the intention is that they don't just get sold for meat and they, they don't just get passed around and not taken care of. Like, that, all, all of that makes perfect sense, right? But, but there's there's definitely some uh, mixed messages. I'll just say that. Which, like I said, Travis, all you guys that are listening, I totally understand that this is not an easy solution, and I am very impressed with what has been done so far. But so for the for this Mustang, let's say to be auctioned off within 120 days. Quite a bit less than three sixty five for twenty five thousand dollars, and BLM gets a twenty five dollar reassignment fee, which is fine. They don't want more money. That's not the point. The point is that horse got resold for twenty five thousand dollars. That's really the point. But that is a one hundred percent has been a sanctioned event. So, mm -hmm. you know. So that's a 200, basically, let's just say that's a $200,000 net horse sale. Average $2,000 over a hundred horses. Right? So that's the only thing. And, and so I've been thinking, well, what is the better solution? You know, maybe it should be six months to get titled. But some people can't do it in six months. That's, that's, you know, it's tricky. Anyways, if I were to reassign Feather to you and you would pay training fees to me, then um, you would have to keep her for another, like your clock starts for then. Whenever we, you do your reassignment, then your clock starts. I have to keep her for a year before. Oh, you no, that has, would have nothing to do with tip. There too. Then you would so have would title to her. her and you, could, you could sell her or do whatever. Otherwise, if you wanted to resell her, then you would have to, like, let's say you got her broke and going and whatever, and now she's a $30,000 mule. Well, then whoever wants to buy her, I mean, they use the word purchase price, like all. So 
it's like I said, it's a mixed message, but then the person who you sold her to for $30,000 would just pay the bill. Would have to you training and fees, you right? Training fees. And $25. And then their clock would start again. So this is definitely happening. Animals are being bought or yeah, reassigned, you know, five times. You follow me? It's, it's tricky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good morning, Lisa. Yes. Uh, I think the BLM is just trying to gouge people for $25. For a profit. <laughs> yeah, a profit. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jody says adoption is a year. Also, I got Indy as a transfer of ownership because the original adopter only had her six months. I paid $25 for the transfer of ownership. Right. So then, Jody, did you pay any training fees? Because that's that's the thing. Um, Corey says, I have a lot of students that do the program and they spend lots of hours with their horses. Oh, yeah. Like I said, that is the thing is, that is what's being sold is the effort that the person is paying. So that part makes perfect sense. The, right? So let's say, do you think so? Okay, so. But yeah, she looked through the auction catalog. No, no, no training fees. She didn't pay any training fees. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting, especially these, these trainers that were stuck with, or stuck is a bad word. Um, they had great intentions, but maybe especially there was a thing through the tip program where if you had been a tip trainer for a certain amount of time, I think it was a year and successfully adopted like three or four horses or something, then you could apply to be a storefront. And so long as you had the facility, you could have, I think, up to 20, which was a great idea in the sense that, you know, in places where you're not four hours from a corral, you know, then you could get a truckload of horses to Virginia or, or you know, somewhere farther away and then be training these horses and offering them for adoption. It's a, it's a legit good idea. But imagine now that you're a tip trainer with 10 horses that suddenly. You, you can't, uh, mm -hmm. can't get the tip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. Like I even know somebody here who has horses that, and I've played with a couple of really fun that, you know, are not going to be checking off the list unless someone dives in there and spends a good amount of time. So, but it's like, it's big. It's in BLM land. It's big in the Mustang world. Then, then the question is the Mustang makeovers, yeah. like because Mustang Heritage Foundation, like was the was I think the originator of some of the Mustang makeovers, but of course many other companies have um, have grown up out of this because this is a moneymaker event for sure. This is an entertainment event. This is an auction event. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, this has become big business. So there are additional none. I don't even think it maybe needs to be sanctioned by the BLM. It's it's just BLM out of that $300,000, if I 
remember the numbers correctly for the Mustang Heritage Foundation, a third of that came from private donations. Forgive me, I'm just going off of what I read. And then the, the government sent, you know, the federal government sent or would assign $200,000. So if my guess, like I said, is that this type of thing is not going away. That's my guess. Al would. Well, but even if it did, you certainly something somewhere BLM or Heritage Foundation are going to create some. Or another organization has, has come up with a better deal or, you know, who knows? So very, very interesting. People, you got to wonder behind it. You know, personalities and someone just coming in with big ideas and it, it shakes up the world for so many people because perhaps a clash of it could ideas. be so many things right that that's the problem with speculating mm -hmm. or, or or placing blame it could be something as simple as someone's mm -hmm. been doing it for 10 years and is tired it's just like okay i put my time in you know mm -hmm. now i'm gonna spend time with my family it could be that simple it could be as dramatic as someone embezzled all the money you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. It's impossible to really know. And, yeah. and it's none <clears throat> of our business, I don't think. Other than my only, like I said, the only thing that kind of goes, oh, is the fact that it's, it would have been, yeah. It would have been better maybe to give a bit more time. I'm sure everyone knows that though. And wasn't doing it on purpose didn't do it on purpose or you know I would think so anyway that's my story you want to hear a funny mule thing though interesting wouldn't, wouldn't have, oh I wouldn't have known it otherwise yes funny meal thing. so before I forget this is funny because I gotta say this now because I'm gonna have more information later but if, I don't know how this happened, but I'm doing two meals a day because I'm also doing Graham's Mule Lucky. So, you know, I'm like, oh, this one does this and this one does this. Okay, that's on my tiny data set. So they do this thing with their ears when they're thinking. Who else has a mule? Any of you guys, a mule? So when they're thinking, they go <laughs> And I'm like, hmm. and I'm looking at them both. I need more data, but I'm like, isn't it? Are you, you got, like, are you guys all that obvious? Because with horses, you got to think, okay, are they about to, you know, lick their lips? So they like about to take a big sigh. Like, should I be waiting right now? Should I be doing a like, it's way more delicate. And the mule's like, like if you present an idea or if they're trying to make a decision, <laughs> going it cannot be that obvious it's a real thing debbie came out i was telling her about it last night oh flora yay flora has mules so listen to this so i was 
noticing that on both of the mules that I'm doing right now, when they are about to make a decision, when they are about to make a breakthrough, when they are about to like come to a conclusion, their ears just go nuts back, forth, sideways. Like it's very dramatic. <laughs> and then they decide something. <laughs> Is that true? Is that true for all mules? Is your dad there? Ask him. Anyway, it's funny. So I will continue to collect data on that. But Michael, from far, like their ears are huge. I was telling Kim and Kim's laughing so hard. He's like thinking, I wonder if they think they have a poker face. Right? <laughs> like they don't do anything. They might be like physically standing there because over the ears are going nuts. <laughs> <clears throat> while they're doing that i mean if you have that glaringly obvious demonstration of thought uh you know you might not need to look for anything else but is there what else in their facial expression or like are there other signs that you'd be looking know. for with the horse i mean that you notice with the horse to perceive it right <clears throat> you're just so distracted by the ears you don't know <laughs> Oh my God, it's so funny. They're so big. It's like somebody waving a flag, like over here. <laughs> yeah, I they're really thinking. funny, Michael, because like I said last week, you know, they have a, a different, the pace is a little different. Even though the overall time, let's just say is the same for a horse to execute and a mule to execute. But the, like the, the thinking time is like X and then they do it. A little bit where the horse might be doing a bunch of things or even if the horse is really, really stuck, they're not gonna stay stuck over and over again. But there's, there's just this, it, it suits me perfect. Like I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I'm gonna be handy at this because it just suits the way that I am too. Um, and then if they, if they do something that you don't want, this is another thing because I feel so dumb with my two, my, my little experience, but, um, if they do something that was maybe not the thing you had in mind, they're, the lag time of when they're thinking, a horse still does this, right? Like, let's imagine you wanted them to hook on and they leave instead. You still have that lag time where you kind of might be off, like, wait, and they notice that. But if you do that waiting thing, the mule could totally change their mind, like many moments later. So this, for instance, with Lucky yesterday, because, oh my God. I mean, he comes to me because it's like, well, he's scared of the pack, blah, 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 all the things we talked about. But Michael, he didn't want to be caught in his stall. Okay, so we have progressed now to the point where I turned him out yesterday in the arena. He loves rolling. I have a little video of him rolling I had to post. And then, um, he, then he has no interest in being caught. So we played the catching game, sort of in the sense that like, I just kind of want him to hook on. So there were a couple times, well, first of all, once again, you, you, for a horse, you're, you're looking for a flick of an ear or something. With the mule, it's like, 
<laughs> Better yet, Bo. What you should do is strap bunny ears or mule ears on your horse and then see if their ears were longer. Maybe it is that obvious of the horse. You just haven't noticed it until you got a mule out there with ears that are a foot and a half long. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a great question. So anyways, when he went to leave, there, there was one time, you know, when he went to go and I was like, wait, and I was like, tick, 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 tick. And then he just changed his mind and came back. So there's, anyway, I don't know if I'm explaining that well enough, but it's, it's obvious enough to say for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tell us what's going on with you so we don't get behind. So the little fjord. <clears throat> First of all, it's like sixties and low seventies here. So I'm finally like, I'm able to be outside and not be overheating, which is fantastic. So I had, you know, been getting her a little bit more committed to, you know, round on the circle, trotting some. Then we went outdoors in the arena. <laughs> Cat looks so enthused. Um, <clears throat> and, and her buddy was there. So, or, you know, just off the paddock near the arena. And all of the, the checked out mentality was amplified. Um, she wasn't, she knew not to spin to the outside. Like she knew that wasn't going to work. So that was more or less gone, but like all thinking stopped and it was just, I want to hang up on this side of the circle near my friend. And then when you send me on, I'm going to kind of wing out of here and go to this kind of frantic trot and until I get back over here and then I know to connect to you. So I'm going to try to do it here, but it's mostly just evasion. And then you kind of quietly say, no, let's keep going through this spot. We're not just going to go and stop here, go and stop here until we can either trot through there. If we're going to trot, okay, fine, but trot through there and let's stop elsewhere. Or ideally I send you on, let's just walk, right? Rather than just go, ah, I'm going to trot now and kind of go mindless. So it was interesting that it was different than at first where there wasn't really um, there wasn't really an escaping into the trot. It was more just um, that idea that you can wing around and go to the outside. And as soon as that was blocked, she could, you know, walk around just fine and say, okay, that's good. And then you could trot and she'd kind of trot and stay re reasonably connected. She may be going to the rope a little bit and you just kind of hold and wait for her to come off of it because bumping certainly wasn't really going to help. She just got her rigid fjord neck. So anyway, oh, we're out in the outdoor arena. That was a different story. Sorry. And then, oh, no, okay. this, this one's Della. Celine right. okay. is the okay. Parisian cross. Um, but so... Which that's Della is the cupcake or, or the, the uh, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yellow zebra. 
because she has the roach mane. Um, and so because I'm outside, I get to use the round corral. It's just kind of, yeah. Anyway, haven't been setting up the round corral inside because most folks aren't needing it right now. It'd just be for this these two horses. And so I haven't been setting it up and tearing it down. Now I'm outside. Here's the round corral available to use. And I turn it loose in there. And you just saw everything that was her pattern. Like just, now I have the freedom to do what I want, right? So almost immediately, lots of turning to the outside and changing direction, both sides, which conveniently was fairly easy to block. As soon as she went that way, you step over there and kind of lock. She's like, oh, okay, that's not open, which you can't really do on the lead rope because, you, you know, whatever. So that was easy to change her mind on that, but it was amazing how quickly she went, oh, there's no rope, I'm gonna to turn to the outside. That's the, the easiest way to get away from this pressure, but then she'd run into pressure on the other side. So that changed pretty quick. In the saddle, she did more or less the same thing. She goes, you asked me to go, I'm just gonna wing and change direction. And there I blocked with my hand, the coils in my rope, and I'm like, ah, that door's closed. Because if I tried to block it with the lead rope, she was so quick and committed to if I just wing around lead rope, you know, being at the wrong angle from being above her, she's just going to lean on it and then you're in a struggle. So I was blocking with my hands, more or less riding her. Um, so anyway, the, the turning and just kind of winging to the outside was just showed up major amplified now that you don't have a rope on her, but easy to block, easy to redirect. Then it was, okay, that's not happening, but it was very similar to when she was distracted by her friend and going, I'm either going to stop or I'm going to kind of just leave and trot around with my nose to the outside, if you'll let me. Um, so obviously no rope on it. She's going to go how she wants, but it was such this, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to go like this. And then there's this real fitful thing and she walk trot low reasonably well but nose way out tip to the outside she made her transitions they were getting smoother in terms of the willingly changing gait but there was no connection in terms of feeling back to me and roundness and as i'm doing it i'm going this is not hard I, what, what i'm doing is incredibly easy to physically to physically execute, right? With this horse that was pulling away from them and, you know, theoretically dangerous, right? What I'm doing is not at all difficult. Sure, the better feel you have, the more experience you have, knowing what to look for, okay, that'll make it easier. Um, but I'm just going, all the trouble they caused for themselves and for the horse by just going, let's lunge, on the rope, not being aware the horse is leaning on it, lots of pressure to get the horse to do anything, no real focus on the horse connecting. Is like, if you just started this sweet little thing in the round corral and said, hook on, hook on, hook on, now let's make some transitions, hook on. I mean, there was a little bit more of a pattern of being kind of disconnected with that kind of like fretful, fitful expression and feeling in her body but just letting her make a decision otherwise and recognizing it was 
was so easy, you know, and if that's where it had started, well, now you could throw a lead rope on her and have that as a pattern, as opposed to you're putting all this pressure. I'm leaning on the lead rope already. I'm strong as an ox. So I'm just going to pull the rope out of your hand. Right. So that was kind of interesting to, to see how she responded just in the round corral. And you kind of saw every, it was like, it was all laid bare. Which is so handy. Yeah. Cause, cause you don't. Yeah. That's what I tell people all the time in the round crawl. It's like, you can't make them do anything now. With a lead rope, to some extent, at the very least, if they're not ripping the lead rope out of your hand, you are making them stay with you. If they would rather not, they still have to be there. Round corral, okay, yes, there's a fence there, but they can very physically tell you, I don't want to hang out with you right now. And you have to finesse that into through moving their feet through recognizing their thoughts through making connecting feel like a good thing you have to stretch yourself and can't just make, make it happen and if like say you're going to move the hindquarters and kind of just get get them to stay hooked on, on as you drift around and rather than them see you leaving and they just wander off. Like you can't be like, Hey, move your hindquarters. And they're like, well, I was already thinking about leaving. You know, you're putting pressure on my hip, like, see ya. So it, it's always to me a fun exercise, helping someone kind of feel that out and, and kind of being a bit, um, feeling a little bit limited or vulnerable to themselves, I think as the person, cause it's like, what do I do here? Like, how do I, like I should be able to drive there and get them to respond, right? And then there, you know, you can, it stretches you, yeah, and, it forces you to find a feel. Exactly what I'm saying with Lucky. It's like, well, you know, the horse has no intention of staying hooked on. Even for the best yeah. circumstances. So like, we're so far, far behind when it comes to yeah. any, so yeah. Yeah. So it, it was just a good, um, and it, I don't know why it struck me so much that it's like, this is so easy. It's just so sad that this very, very simple thing that could have been you know presented right off the bat to plant the correct seed rather than a seed of disconnect um was just not not utilized right they didn't know to do it well so anyway that was i totally see what you're saying yeah what and physically you know for sure physically not not a, a big task um, there's a lot of balance to making anything happen or, or causing anything to happen, right? And that yeah. is the part. No, that's that's not definitely easy. not easy. Sure. So one can understand, like, I can understand how a person is, is not going to get to that. And, you know, side note on round pins. 
usually I'm the one that's like, yeah, but it's not as easy as you're making it sound. No, well, you're making, you're well, saying the I same thing I, to me. I, you're saying uh, it's like, it's such a shame that it had to go down this road. And I guess what I'm thinking is, I don't know necessarily yeah. if the person were to just turn the horse loose in the round pen, just because I. That it would have gone know, down a different maybe, road. Yeah. You know, and it's really interesting to, to basically be in this Mustang, you know, observing now this whole section of people that, you know, cannot do anything with a rope to start with. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, you're forced good, to. Good, bad, whatever. You know, yeah, I'm getting yeah. to sort of observe what what results people are getting, and and talking about doing their very best. Yeah. You know, uh, with a yeah, and that, that's exactly, you know, like I say, I say that frequently to you. It's like, you know, it's just this. It's like, well, that's pretty hard to develop that kind of feel, and that's absolutely the case here. Like, it is physically easy. It is not. It takes developing a skill, not just, well, first intellectually understanding, knowing what position, knowing what you're looking for, but then um, developing the feel, you, I mean, you just can't get away from, if you don't have some feel, it's maybe gonna be a fluke that they do something, but it's not gonna develop into any quality. So yeah, you could make the same mess in the round crawl if you didn't, have any clue or know what you're doing you see that a bunch put turn a horse loose in a round crowd and they think the the answer is just wing around you like zero connection and um like there's times where i kind of halfway didn't expect it like you turn them loose and they're just like okay i've done this before and it's like where did you go i didn't even hardly send you but i turn you loose and your impression of what's supposed to happen here is to just go whipping around me um you know, so people can <laughs> just have the idea that it's get the horse to go until they, you know, run around until they look at you. If there's not some feel there, you can just have the horse escaping, escaping, and then almost escaping to connect, but not really being connected because then you send them again and it's the same, you know, disastrous response, which okay. kind of leads me to, to Selenium. The only, I would just, before we move to that, I what i would say is probably valuable for anyone if they go into the round pen with some level of humility um which most people do i think turn their horse at least you can observe what's going on even if maybe you, maybe you haven't developed the skills or whatever to to do a good job with your horse loose um in other words to make it more of a benefit than if your horse was at the very least we could observe the horse and not be um kidding ourselves that things are a certain way on on the line yeah exactly and if you don't go in there with a certain level of humility very quickly you feel kind of helpless or worse worse yet people that, I mean, if you're, that or, or that you know a person could go in there and be like i'm gonna move their feet until this happens and and that's like that is one of the major half truths like that is well that's like a 10 percent mm -hmm. truth or something like that like kind of sort of but not really 
Those are the right sort of. words, but sort of. there's a lot more to it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, Debbie came in and did, last night and she was like, you know, oh, did you move Lucky's feet? Because he's like, <laughs> you know, and um, I'm like, oh, nope, he moved his own feet. <laughs> But that's a totally different attitude. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. silly. Continue. Yeah. Um, so, Celine, I would not have even given the heat and what all, even if I had better temperatures to. Um, have the round corral available to me would not have monitored in the round corral loose up until now like time timeline wise this was the time because i think like i've said before if you are in the pen or were in the pen or even now if you did it with terrible feel and you go to drive her away she will literally turn her buck toward you and start backing into you not just sort of backing into you and lifting, like full on kicking straight out, double barreling you while backing up. Biff. Really? Remember the story? That's Biff. what Biff yeah. used to do. He said the first time it was 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. It, would, it is insane. So how did you, did he describe yeah, what he did I think with he Biff? Did, we'd have to ask him again. I can ask him today. Um, I, if I remember correctly, like he he was throwing the halter at him, you know, dri basically driving, 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 and just persisted. Now that was a million years ago, though. So, if I remember correctly, that that was that. But that is the story he tells about Biff: is that it the first day was forty five minutes of the horse backing up, trying to double barrel him. <laughs> Yeah. You better be in shape for that so shit. That is what I, not what I did. easy to deal with. So what I did to get through this, I mean, at first, when I first realized what I was up against, I would kind of turn her loose, pet her, and just walk away. Because she's really friendly. It's not like she's just going to turn and kick at you just because you moved past her. So I just pet her and walk away or if I go to get another horse just kind of don't really drive her away just pet on her and move out of her space and whatever till now I've got a bit more of a yielding mindset and attitude um, on the end of the lead rope for the most part you know pretty willing to go I can have the rope around her middle and send her forward and she is able to walk trot without just getting angry about the rope bumping on her ribs, um, which that, that was a big thing. Um, I've had her tied and with the rope on her foot after picking up a hind leg, I'll tie her up and then I'll just kind of take the rope and, you know, send a coil or a, um, some slack up there and kind of slap her in the, in the rump with it and basically getting her to switch eyes by from a great distance reaching up and, and kind of touching her and saying don't kick out of this don't be pissed off just swing your hindquarters change eyes whatever so at first that was, was just don't touch me there kicking dirt in my face like just really angry 
Um, but that's gotten better, picking her up by the hind leg, stopping no. with the hind leg, with someone on the lead. Now, all of this, her front end being under control, either tied to the fence well, or someone leading so her. explain to me how, what, say? where the rope Around. is that you're kind of... Slapping her on the hip, you mean? I had it on her foot. Okay, so, this is so after at, it's up a still tied leg. and you're just running a coil. Okay. Yeah, I'm just kind of sending, sending some slack up there and just kind of tapping her on the hind leg until she. So let's say to she has her left hind roped, then you're tapping her on the left hip, expecting her to move her hindquarters to the right. Not even necessarily on one hip or the other. Yes, if it's on the left foot and I want her to go right, I was tapping that left side, but as soon as she had her left hip, her right hip against the fence, I'd kind of send it around behind her and it kind of just smack her in the tail or whatever. Just, it was mostly just, it, it wasn't a yield from this specific feel to move this specific foot. Um, it, it was more just when you feel pressure behind you, don't retaliate. Just think about yielding your feet quietly. Um, you know, and then I was able, you know, days ago there's been a lot of breaks because if it's like 96 and 75 percent humidity even in the barn I, i've just been remodeling the bathroom <laughs> uh, and i i haven't had a chance to ride as much in the last couple of weeks so there's been breaks with her anyway two two days ago i think i was doing that with the flag just kind of switching eyes um and she was yielding just fine rather than being pissed off that I was trying to send her with the flag. Now, I wasn't touching her with the flag without control of her nose at that point. Um, I wouldn't, there's no way I'd do that at this point. I would, I would not touch her on the hind end close enough to be with the flag without having control of her nose. Because she just, I don't think she would do anything at this point, but there's no guarantees and she would absolutely nail me. So that's all the stuff I've done. And then in the last, you know, I don't know how long she's been here, but for a while now, every time I'd turn her out in the pasture, you, I would yeah, yeah, pat on her. her. I think I've said this before. Mm -hmm. And I'd send her away and then get to where she truly left me. And I'd do that maybe three times because she'd always come back real friendly, real respectful, and want to be petted on. When, at first, and um, recently I've done it a little bit more kind of not careless, but a little less patient. Like you go over there, like just leave. And if she takes offense to it, she'll kind of turn away fairly quickly and put her butt on you. So what I've done to get that to change in the first couple times I did it, it took quite a few smacks, but I had my 12 foot lead rope and I get it helicopter spinning like crazy over me. And then I just reach out and whack her. And with the 12 foot lead rope, I can be far enough away that she's not getting me. And I can smack her pretty good. But like you said, it, it uh, was, it was like, like you're backing I'm sure you don't get nailed because she's coming at you while you're trying to hold your ground and smack her. So we've worked on that a lot in turning her loose in the 
pasture and made great strides there to where almost every time she just, especially if I have a little feel on how I do, I'm like, you just go over there and I'll leave. Um, so now it's like, okay, let's see how this goes in the round curl. She's been saddled a couple times, just had her on the end of the lead rope, but not, and, and walk trot, but I hadn't moved her out into a lope, waiting to be in the round curl to do that. Um, so I don't know, like, what is she going to do when I'm like, okay, now tip up to the lope? Like, is she just going to be like, all right, here's the line, screw you. I can, I can get my nose away from you. I'm going to just say no and start backing into you. So I was kind of prepared on multiple levels. Like I had my flag and I was ready. I was kind of feeling out what I don't want to come on so strong that she feels made to do it because that's immediately going to trigger her whatever. But I knew at the same time I couldn't ease her into it and let those thoughts start to be like, well, maybe I don't have to go. Like I knew I needed her to be like, okay, I just have to go. Surprisingly, she was pretty willing to move out with just the flag, but then she was stopping to eat nibble grass on the edge of the round crowd. And then it's like, I can't, if I use my flag and she doesn't respond, I cannot get in there and smack her on the butt or get real intense with the flag anywhere near her. And she's able to put up with pressure and go into pressure. So I right away there had my lead rope and my flag, set the flag down and got my helicopter going and just whacked her on the butt. And it was like three or four times of that in fairly quick succession because she was going to go, screw you, I'm not moving. I'm just going to start eating here. And that kind of quick gnashing at the grass, like I'm going to eat fast because I know you're frustrated that she's not being able to eat. That's sort of similar to Della, that angsty, angry, frustrated with the situation mentality. Anyway, gave her a few good whacks. And then that was, we made it through that. And then I didn't really have to use my rope after that. And like, kind of, this is my only way of really, really following through. And I was able to walk trot lope with the flag and not do a whole lot. And it was pretty, it it went better than it could have gone. I was prepared for it to be potentially dangerous, potentially a struggle. I think, though, my familiarity with how she responds and has responded, could respond, and the work I put in to really get her not just moving, but moving real free, moving real willingly to where it's not just I sort of have you yielding free once or twice, it's we have a pattern and I don't. I don't accept to you, which is interesting. I was going to say, we don't have you even having the thought to say no. Before I went out to the round crowd yesterday, she's been kind of worried in one corner of the arena because she kicked up gravel at one point against the wall and startled herself. So I was in that corner, just kind of going back and forth. And there was one point at which she said, not going. And I wasn't trying to send her in there because I knew that's going to get her mad and saying, don't drive me with that flag. 
So I was kind of just taking her sideways back and forth past it, saying, as long as you move your front end laterally, we're good. Not telling you to go forward. If you go forward, great. But you can't avoid. So let's say I'm, we're in a corner and she's like dead center. It's 45 degrees, one angle or the other, right? And as we get closer to the wall, closing that 45 degrees against say her right side being against the wall, when I would say laterally, she's going, there's no room. There was still room, I wasn't right up against the wall. But as we approach the wall, she's saying there's no room for me to keep going laterally. And it felt to her more like the only door was forward. And so she had been doing it already, but then she'd do it more. She pushed more into, well, I'm just going to change direction. And she'd run into my flag and then kind of go back against the wall. And we're not against the wall, but toward the wall and release. And at a certain point, she started saying, I'm not going to move. And she was doing the whole stomping the ground um getting her front and way out there because both feet are pedaling the ground a little bit which i haven't seen in quite some time but it was her saying i don't want to go forward and this time it was a little bit more like okay you're you're worried about this corner okay you're not just blatantly flat out saying i don't want to move for you shut up so in one sense i'm going okay i can see like you're worried and that's why you don't go want to go forward. So I would get that little, little bit of yield after she get upset. I know, I'm just laterally. trying to picture. So you're on the left side, the wall is on the right side. Uh-huh. And yeah. Kind of almost, almost more in front of her, but yes, yeah, so you are off to her left ish. But she was so slightly. And, yes. And and it, there's a door open to my left for her to go forward. So when you into say she wants to move laterally, is that just basically sideways to the right? Just yield to the right with her front end. But she would go, okay, as I approach the wall, there's no room for me to do that. There, it, there was still room, but she was feeling the pressure of the wall and maybe forward is all my options, like my options to do something other than swing away are getting tighter so she would try to go kind of into my flag and go to the left once she realized that's not going to work like the the pressure i'm going to run into pressure every time i do that then she was faced with it seems like forward is the only place even though i wasn't telling her to go forward then she got all upset and was stomping and, and it was it was definitely a moment where I was thinking, okay, what's appropriate here? Don't want to tell her to go forward, make her go forward. That's not going to go over well. But I don't want to just have this stomping thing persist and her thinking this is now okay again, because it hasn't been her response for quite some time. Now, this is kind of like push comes to shove. She's going, eh, I don't want to because of of something else that I haven't put in front of her for quite some, or at all, right? There's always been a wide open door. <clears throat> but now we're trying to get into spaces where, and then the other end of the 
arena door was open into so it was dark on the other side and there's all kinds of there's the storage area right so that door was open she was worried about that so there was a couple spots anyway she's stomping the ground and all upset and i'm going okay i'm not making her go forward there's not a lot of room to go sideways but there is room how firm do i get here and in the end you know after some fairly quick deliberations of what is my response going to be i said i can't have this be her, her response when there is an open door that i'm trying to send her into i'm not trying to force her forward so i got try again so so you weren't going to try to force her forward mm -hmm. the ground so i got pretty intense saying you got to move over and that's the point at which she has kind of raised her head up pinned her ears and had that look like i'm going to come at you um so i actually it was absolutely one of those where it's like this is this is danger time like i have to watch myself um and it took like three times of being quite strong um the flag kind of coming ripping right up through there into her face you know kind of blocking that thought to just lunge at me basically and saying that you're going to run into some serious pressure if that's what you're thinking um so a couple, couple times i had to do that and then she started backing up still not moving laterally and now we're kind of out in the open arena because she was backing up and still kind of angry. So I actually flipped my flag over, which was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this because I can't get up in her face quite so easily. But I flipped my flag over and I was trying to get the elbow at that point, just saying, all I need is for you to take your shoulders laterally. That's all I've been asking this whole time. Even though you've been thinking, the only way through this was forward. And I I think I only had to do that once, maybe it was twice. And I don't know how that translates into, okay, now I'm gonna try to go forward. Cause I never, never once asked her to go forward. But once she said, okay, I can't hang up and just start pounding the ground and threatening you. I have to yield, even though the yield was lateral. Thereafter, she's like trying, like her mind was rather than going, I'm not going there and pounding. She was going, maybe I can make it through here. She was considering it as an option. Whereas before she just was thrown on the brakes with her pounding and saying, you may be asking me to go there or not, but I'm not going there. So I almost, I didn't even have to tell her to, you know, say, hey, consider going in there. I was still just kind of swinging her front end left to right. And she started thinking forward once she realized go she back. couldn't just gum up on me. Yeah. Go left or just stop and stop and stomp. And I never like ran her right to the wall. There was always plenty of room to go and then I'd switch sides. But So I had, I had that 
earlier before I went outside to the round crowd and that was kind of like, well, it's, it's still in there, which I know it will be. I mean, if, if you go at her without much feel, it'll all just show up again, guaranteed. So wouldn't did it that, have been handy, and then it was- Wouldn't it have been okay, handy in that moment? Well, where she was, you know, forward to the side, if her ears just started going like crazy, yeah, then you would have just waited. That's how um, obvious it is. Like in in a moment where they oh. they don't want to do it, or like you know, it's like oh that that, and then there's this like, and you just go. Anyway. Okay, hand? so you went outside. I went outside, and then she moved out. You know, kind of like I described a bit ago. She, so it was she good. Come softly to the inside, um, then start come softly to the inside, or she was doing that. I mean, okay. she has no it, problem the... hooking on. It's just sending her away. She takes offense that if not done with a lot of feel. So yeah, once she went and. It was, I wasn't sure how the loping was going to go. First time she's moved out with the saddle on into the lope. And she did kind of dolphin jump. It wasn't a big thing, kind of Frisian like. Um, like you're getting used to this deal. Um, but yeah, the, the moving out to the lope was, I was really kind of finessing what am I going to have to do? in terms of pressure to convince her I do need her to go, but not do it so abruptly or firmly that she feels forced or jumped at. Um, but yeah, once she moved out, it was, I didn't have her go very long. And I'm like, there, that's all I need. Like, I just needed you to have the thought to go forward. And then I let her hook on and she was right there and cuddly and pet, you know, she Wait, likes she attention. Is, it's nice. It's, it's not that she doesn't want you to which is nice, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would be be a much, um, a, a totally different story if she was just angry all the time. Yeah, so that's those two. Um, yeah, the others are not as extreme. Uh, Before you, well, Willa. Lisa was just asking oh, if you ahead. have any particular strategies for the heat. Did you see that? It just sounds like the strategy is to remodel instead, oh. but she has. What's that? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this last week in particular, it's been in the high 90s with extremely high humidity and dew point. And that's sort of like the arena was cooler in terms of temperature, but it was just as humid. Um, and, and so there's just, it was untenable, but most of the summer, the only way I've been surviving is with an ice vest, which if you're sensitive to heat or just want to be more comfortable when you're outside, I would highly recommend, um, they, I mean, it looks kind of goofy depending on the context. It looks like you're either <laughs> wearing a bulletproof vest or you're out. When you're around horses, it looks like you're wearing a crash vest, you know, like a venting vest that's going to poof open for you. Um, but I've swallowed my pride because it's like, well, I got to work. I got to do as much as I can when the temperatures are hot, but not too hot. But it is incredible how 
much um how much of a relief it is i mean it's basically like um it's not a cooling vest like uh you get it wet and the evaporation like you had mm -hmm. years ago i'm thinking in clay elm um where you're just like wet and then it's the evaporation and whatever that cools you it is actually ice cubes that are in um like vacuum sealed type packs with individual ice cubes so it's not disposable you throw them in the freezer they freeze solid you put them in but the, the between each cube it's flexible like a vacuum sealed pack and so there's panels two panels on the front zip it up and then there's one big panel in the back but it's flexible i mean it bulks you up but it's you, you don't feel like you got big solid chunks of ice packs on you um but it's not a gel either it's actual water actual ice cubes so um way absolutely worth it but it, it had limits to how helpful it was in the humidity so, but it's been yesterday was in the 60s and i was like oh it's so glorious i've never been excited about fall i don't like seeing summer leave but i think you know fall is now my favorite yeah. season yeah if it's so. especially for a lot of people that have been that hot okay well thank you for sharing that val did val recommend it she was saying she was glad yeah. that it was working but lisa said she has a cooling vest yeah. her friend used it but still overheated i'll suggest the ice vest to her yep yeah interesting yeah. Okay, so Bella. Oh, Willow. Willow. Yeah, Willow was uh, um, going amazing and, and had a fright. I think it was after a few days off. Um, maybe partly me going, hey, we're we're good with a lot of this, but I think if I remember what, what kind of got her scared, because she's the one that kind of everything would result in her kind of humping up, not necessarily going hogging around bucking, but would go there if you didn't kind of corner her and help her out. So saddling was a fidgety thing, getting on, she'd tighten and be looking like this. Um, all your transitions are head up and maybe then kind of jigging around a little bit just nothing was real quality it had been going so wonderful like you're kind of going is this like this is a totally different horse just so much more turned loose all that um, um yet when i'd ask her to move off after saddling her it was always just kind of go ahead and move and she'd move a couple steps and kind of think about it and move a couple steps and think about it before i'd kind of be sending her around a whole bunch but I think this day I sent her forward and kind of real casually went and put the flag up over on her rump while she was still kind of feeling out this whole the saddles on my back again. And it bothered her, cornered her. It wasn't anything major, but it's amazing how much that ricocheted through other things mm. that had been going very soft and smooth, right? Didn't affect the saddling, no problem there. 
didn't affect getting on. She wasn't worried about me swinging a leg over and getting up there. But her comfortability moving out with the saddle, those first steps, again, was tough. Um, and it's, it's kind of, there's a suspicion there, again, that there hadn't been for a while. So when you go to Bender, she's still kind of wanting to keep an eye on the saddle on the outside. The flag was a little bit of trouble again. Not major, not at all without the saddle, but when the saddle's there, the flag coming up the shoulder was a big thing. That kind of gets her anxious again. The flag getting real kind of louder, more dramatic, more careless, sweeping up from behind her and over her back. Different things were like, oh, I can't handle that again, or this, I'm not so, I'm suspicious again. Transferred into the riding, you know, she wasn't tight for me to get on, but just not as flowy, loose, just like, did this horse ever have trouble sort of feeling? It was like, I'm going, I'm walking, I'm comfortable moving, but there's just this thought back a little bit more, wasn't as free. Um, transitions, I hadn't, prior to her having this fright, hadn't been loping for a few rides because she was starting to think every, like lope was the goal. So I just kind of been getting some flowing down at the trotting. Um, probably would have gone to loping that next session or two, but she had this fright. It's like, whoa, well, let's just get our flow, our rhythm down. We don't need to get to the loping again. Um, but but it, I don't know, that was just interesting how much suspicion came in again after she got in trouble. And it wasn't like anything dramatic that got her in trouble. It's just the flag caught her off guard when she was still a little bit, still getting used to the saddle being on her back. And it, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Like, why, why are you still concerned about the saddle? Like, I can saddle you no problem. Once I've ridden you, we could go do our groundwork with the saddle and not have a thought for the saddle. It had gotten to where outside of just kind of letting her ease off, I could do anything with a saddle on, walk, trot, lope, hind course, four quarters, half circle exercise, and there wasn't any like concern with the saddle, but that one time her getting troubled made her suspicious in this broad stretch of things. So yesterday, um, still a little suspicion with the saddle, you know, moving off and little head in the air um, from the ground, moving her out into the trot. But from the saddle where you have a little bit more ability to help her and say, stay kind of here in the rectangle rather than, you know, just throwing your nose up and kind of getting tense into it. From the saddle, everything felt pretty smooth and free again. Tipped her up into the lope. It wasn't as good as it had been, but it was way better than it was the first attempts at it. There was still a little bit trouble, but it didn't feel like that was trouble from, you know, the fright. That was just, well, I'm still not very good at making this transition. It makes me a little anxious. I, I feel like I got to 
bulge my neck and get my head up. So it was a little bit. No, let's Mule try thing. to do this otherwise. Mule thing. Yeah. Mule thing. So yeah. you know what a donkey's neck looks like, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. neither Feather nor Lucky obviously has that muscle sticking out. Like, you know, donkeys, look, that, that, that's just how their neck looks. That ropey, like it's a different look to the, the crest of their neck. But when they get worried, it suddenly it's there. Yet another obvious tell. The rest of the time, it looks like a horse. Mm -hmm. I'm like, seriously? Continue. That's about it. So we're kind of, that still created something that, it made me think of that thing I mentioned a bit ago that Tom Curtin said, like certain th things they'll always, if it's been a pattern or something, they might always be there. But if, if you layer in or you bury it, I think was the, the analogy he was using, you bury it with so many good experiences and positive experiences that they, it's, it's not even really like you'd have to dig to find it again, or it's not, it, it's not as quick to come to the surface. Cause it's, it's that's how down I do there it. a ways based on. How, how, that's how I do it too. It's very, what's that? Like that. But Gary Bailey, just to be fair, so, I have to just acknowledge that he can dig it out so there is a way to dig it out yeah. I don't know how to do it but no. <laughs> yeah so anyway I feel like it was buried but not it, too deep yeah you know, yeah it's yeah not very deep. Right. so that'll yeah. be really interesting so. with lucky too same deal because kind of same deal in reverse in the sense that you know one thing and I've had this experience too one thing can cause them to question everything and yeah and yeah and Absolutely. so my question in reverse which a little bit sounds like a duh but i don't know that there's going to be any other option with lucky other than recategorizing the entire experience and then i'm curious whether if he's truly decided to recategorize the whole thing, then are things just going to be easy for him? And then the question is, why would that be? Is it because he was never worried about the thing or, and, and it was all about the person and how it was done with them, you know, or, or at which point is the, is the animal actually worried about the thing? Cause he spooks at external stuff too. Feather does also, you know, a little bit. Oh, I know what I was going to say. And I want to say this before I forget. Um, oh, that isn't what I was going to say. Oh, I had a thought that I, I keeps, it comes and goes. Keep, anyway, I had it a long time ago, but you were talking. Feather, with Feather, it's really interesting because, like, for instance, with the flag, I had to corner her for the first time. Um, when I really do want to touch her, well, you know, on the shoulder with the flag, she let me do it with the, the end of the, the end of the stick with the handle. Uh, and then I was kind of starting to tie up the flag and be able to pet her with it. 
um, but it kind of came loose and fluttered like around her. So I did have to corner her one little time. Uh, but very, very like after that, the, the whole category changed for her. But mm -hmm. so we're, you're talking about recategorizing the whole experience. And is that like, I, I don't for sure know, Michael, if, if there is a way to recategorize everything to a degree. All, basically all at once. Yeah. I've, that's kind of what it felt like with Della. If you remember. Oh, yeah. And she turned yeah. to the outside and yeah. I, I just held. She's like, huh? What the hell? That didn't work that time. Right. And then it, thereafter, it was almost like, oh, okay. You know, it has cropped up other times as you put more pressure on her. Like I said, in the round corral, she's just like, oh, freedom to do this. Right. But it was almost like that was a if I can't do that and don't need to do that what else is available I mean what what are the possibilities here so there it was, it was a little bit of that feeling of the context is just completely shifted I have to like rethink everything because this is different than yeah exactly we didn't have the ears but uh, it's so funny so Michael, i think they just start going nuts and you're like no way <laughs> so i think it's it's possible for things to just kind of jump and and them to go the context is different but it also i don't know that it takes much to question that context being different yeah and i wonder a couple things. I mean, it's so yeah. unique to the individual. And, and I think. what occurs to me, and just doing things with Lucky, and also what I'm trying to not ever have cross Feather's mind is, and this to me speaks to context, and is does the individual feel like you're doing it to, to them? That's, and if you, that is the recategorization that I feel like there's a prayer that you could convince them of that you are not doing it to them. I think that could be a way of being that they can buy into. And then when they get a fright about something, it's just a fright about the thing rather than a fright about you're going to force the thing on me or you're gonna force me to do X, Y, Z, which is, it's so interesting, Michael, because well, especially like like doing this little wild thing that doesn't know anything and really is still pretty much a baby. It's like, I wanna be your friend. And who knew that she would love kisses so much, so quickly, like you gotta convince the horse that that should be, she's like, this is great. But it's so, this is the thing though, you have to you have to still learn some skills this this is a non-negotiable to operate in the world you have to understand a set of things and you have to let me direct the show that's 
right? So as much as you want to be friends, as much as like, I'm like, we're going to be friends for the rest of our lives. And I love you so much. All of that's true. That is not different. And my point is I have to be, I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say right now is like, you have to do X, Y, Z, but I'm never going to make you do something. How can both of those things be true? And yet they are. Same with Lucky. Well, set it up and find it. Sounds like. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay, so. Fooey, the parenthood thing, maybe it is my thought. Uh, oh, it's setting, it's setting it up and letting them find it. Like with Celine, like, I'm not going to make you go forward until it was like, no, you are, you have to yield and I will make you do this essentially because if I don't get strong enough, I mean, she still had to make the decision, but it was enough from me that it certainly probably looked and felt like oh. I was bringing down like Katniss backing into someone and saying you will yield to me or I will right? beat the ever-loving shit out of you so bitch exactly <laughs> um so it felt a little bit more like that but um <laughs> before that it was really trying to set it up that I'm not going to like I will ask you to move but I'm not going to make you go forward I mean just once small example so i think that's where you get at it is like i'm going to set up parameters but the parameters are just parameters yeah i think you're i mean i think you're yeah it's like we're gonna the the the, the boundaries are the boundaries and then but still there's an art to for instance you know you can make the pen on a wild animal so small and those are the parameters they're not doing things to the but on the other hand you're going to get in the horse trailer because i'm going to shut the chute behind you every time you move like yeah i think so listen to this and, and we're going to have to wrap it up since you have a lot to do today um <laughs> uh so that some gal just recently got arrested a few did yesterday i think for animal abuse and this was a big deal day before yesterday because she's in our area. She's in, she was in Marion County and I don't know, she took a video of herself. Like she had the PIVO going or something. And I didn't watch the, I could not even watch more than just a very little bit. Um, but people were outraged. My, my, like to the point where you're just going like that, for, for the first few seconds. And I got to thinking, um, anyways, long story short, it ran for a day there, there was more to it that I guess got worse and more obvious or whatever. Um, anyway, she was arrested and for animal abuse out on bail, but whatever. But here's the thing. What is the difference? Because basically what I saw is she had the horse tied to the wall and she was so, and the camera was on the far side, you know, so you were looking across the horse's back 
to her and she's whipping the horse on the back. But the question is like, why was that so upsetting to watch and why did it feel so wrong compared to what we do? Okay, so here's my answer. And obviously we're not, but the, it's very kind of, you could have the same sort of deal and have it not be animal abuse. So what's the difference? First of all, her, her violent attitude and the woman's very angry demeanor. Like there, that was a cue for sure. I'm just saying, if someone saw a video, which of there, nobody's hiding this, but of one of us having a horse's hind leg roped and the horse just violently fighting for a few minutes or something like that, or like those trying to get a horse to go forward that's backing up on you, like you could be swinging a rope or tapping or doing something over and over again, and it's not animal abuse. Now, I do think things got significantly mm -hmm. worse but even this little tiny bit it looked terrible and the question is why and and it's just so different to be like i'm setting this up here is and there is an answer and you're fine you're gonna find it you know versus like my life sucks somebody beat me as a child and now i'm taking this out on you It just yeah. made me think of how much the the condition of our heart is a huge part of it. Well, and like you've said numerous times, rather than get over this, or I'm sorry, it's I'm you're helping welcome. I'm, you. I'm helping you. That's it's pretty yeah. different. Yeah, so Lisa saw a different video which I of the same lady. What she said the the video she saw was the one with a metal contraption on the horse's head and she's whipping the horse over the back with a very whippy whip trying to get him to circle around her. Oh, yeah, I saw the one where it was who knows maybe. Yeah, sounds terrible. But how do you determine that, Michael? I guess is all I'm saying. Like how does the person watching that's, that's because maybe she could just say well i was i i i'm trying to help the horse to give him this very troubled horse and blah blah like you could and then it's like well the contraption is bad it's like yeah have you seen some of the shit people put on horses i mean i don't know no. it was very clearly a bad deal and that was, was so much the the whole vibe and so that makes me think because horses and mules etc are so much more perceptive it, it just must be so obvious to them it must be so obvious and that's a very obvious example but even in a tiny space exactly as you're saying for us to somehow preserve like here, I will show you. But that comes from education, from our education, right? Because if you get in there and you don't know what to do and you're a little bit scared, 
and these are varying degrees of everything, you know, then, then it's a lot harder to be like, don't worry. I know the plan. You just don't worry. I'm going to help you with this. Yeah. That horse was far from troubled other than the trouble she was causing. Did you watch the whole thing, Lisa? Jeez, you're brave. It was one of, another one of those deals where I was talking to the computer like, oh, no, 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 no. You're having thoughts. What are you thinking to? I don't know what my thoughts are. I mean, one thing is, you know, some people can't, can't, you know, some of what we would do is just like perfectly like watching buck firm up on a horse some people have you know been upset with him at times like that was why would you do that to horses like watch till the end here see what the result is watch the attitude watch the timing watch um you know or i don't know if i shared it on here but there was one point where i could tell this gal was going to be a little edgy about whatever I might do to her horse. Like you, you just tell, and this was years and years ago. And so I kind of prepped her for it. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna kind of bop her in the nose to help her to understand the back up. I've got the hindquarters going, but she's not thinking back up at all. She's very pushy. And I knew it might take a bit to help the horse the idea that it should just flow backward and then, so then when I did ask the horse to back up I started quite small like it wasn't like bop let's get this all done let's make our point and be done with it I started kind of small mostly just to feel the gal out so I didn't really do anything real strong but she was just up in arms why would you do that to horse my horse did nothing wrong and blah 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 and I, I mean, I just sent a little coil down there and bopped her in the nose and she, and I kind of saw it coming in a way. And that's why I was, you know, going on the, the easy side of things. Cause I kind of, she was so mad, like, here's your money back, go your way, you know. Good luck. I don't, I don't feel, yeah, good no luck, you know, <laughs> happy trails and yeah, no hard feelings. I don't. I don't feel bad at all for what I did. It was perfectly fine, but you just couldn't stomach it. So on the one side, you have mm -hmm. that where it's like, you can't, you know, can't be firm with my baby. And, you know, everything has to be, you know, it's all positive reinforcement. Oh, that no, thing is so insane. No. I mean, I love, love positive I don't know. I didn't want to bring oh it. But the horse has to understand what to do with negative reinforcement. Just watch Katniss. <laughs> and I mean, like Katniss, we watching. Yeah, yeah, and it ends up with Katniss being like, everyone's like, "All right, cool, you're in charge," and the whole thing gets settled. But she does not f around if someone comes and challenges She's her. She's way firmer than I will ever be. <laughs> way 
Exactly. But I, yeah. you know, if she was my friend. I'd be like, "Are you sure?" You know, she'd be like, "Which one of us is a horse and which one of us isn't?" I got to tell you about another thing after we read these comments really quick. Uh, let's see. Um, jo uh, Joanne, yeah, says I'm glad she was arrested. Firming up is different than taking your anger out on the horse. Yeah, that's exactly right, Joanne. But who's going to be the judge and jury of that? Also, are you coming to Dallas again soon? I was kind of hoping we could hang out. Uh, let's see, Taylor says, someone thought it was abusive that I did wiggle the rope to get their attention and worry that of the horse because, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. But so that's the whole thing. And that's why I was curious, like, why? I did did I feel like I knew without a, a shadow of a doubt and it was borne out I guess in the rest of the things that she did but in in just in those moments what was so different between the thing because it wasn't the thing that I saw it was it, it was the whole you know the whole vibe so did I tell you about the mule guy that I watched on YouTube Debbie's like the next time you come here and say so I saw on YouTube, she goes, I'm going to start smacking you. <laughs> you guys, though, there is some wild, wild shit, uh, which I know is, is like, duh, but I've never taken the time to look. But I'm looking around for some new people. I did find one, but does get, but uh, there's some crazy stuff. So, so, and I punch in through like, let's say it's a 10 minute video. You know, I just randomly punch in to kind of have a quick look. There was one guy that saddled his mule. Did I tell you about this? Crupper first, saddle on crupper first, back cinch second, front cinch. And he's like, like an expert. <laughs> and he's like, so here's, and wow. I was like thinking, this is a joke. Like this is a parody. So if you have, what you want to do is put the crupper on first so that if the mule moves, it doesn't fall off. whatever anyway that, but then the mule was like okay you know <laughs> like, by the way watching feather and lucky neither of them buck so far i haven't seen them bucking but they do do this thing where they get both of them have done it when they've gotten scared and they, they, they crouch duck their head and turn and i'm like you would you could see how that could start to send that saddle right over their head. No kidding. And if you were riding that, I mean, I'm, I am no, cause both of them have done it and neither of them, it's not like traditional bucking. Anyway, so this guy, different. Probably, probably not any easier oh, to ride than a strong buck. I can either. only imagine it's worse because it go. stops the whole, like, yeah. and they, they, they perfect, like you can tell they're crouching and then ducking. Oh yeah, it's it's pretty legit, and they can get low real quick, right? Like like far like low. <laughs> but I I saw them about yeah. So when so when the kids, you know, you got to have the kids ride on your back, and you you're acting like the bucking horse. Well, as they've gotten better at it and gotten to where they could wrap your their legs around your your waist, the only way to get them off. Basically, barrel roll onto my shoulder. Oh, that's funny. So this other mule guy, different guy. 
this was some random clip, but Michael, you know, I was like, so this guy for this, what, what made me think of it is, is that the, the lady that just recently got arrested, I would have been very interested to hear what her voice sounded like if she was talking to the horse, to herself, to a person, like, what does the voice sound like? Because the people that we respect, if they were talking during you know, times where they had to firm up, the voice doesn't change, right? Anyway, this guy's obviously teaching a mm -hmm. clinic because someone's filming, there's people around, they got a horse trailer there, this really <laughs> mule standing there. And the guy's like, so what's the problem? The mule doesn't step over in the trailer. And the lady's like, yeah, well, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really move over for me to untie it or whatever. <laughs> this guy, starts his voice starts to change like in other words he's he gets you could tell he's kind of upset he's a little bit it sounded like he was irritated with the lady maybe she was irritating i don't know he he sidesteps to the mule so the mule's here right he sidesteps to the mule and kicks it in the cannon bone just like whack out of nowhere and i'm like and the mule steps over and he's like see See, that's all you have to do. You first, you ask them, then you tell them, then you make them do it. And I'm like, he goes, so when you're in the trailer, you just do this. And he sidesteps over to the mule, whack in the <laughs> Holy shit. Someone's gonna die. And I'm just thinking, that's some bad, bad advice. <laughs> and dangerous. What the animals so tolerant no. they're like okay you know which is probably why it wasn't overreacting you know michael i'll have to i mean and then the guy's like mad at the person because they're not willing to get as violent crazy i think i think that the, the tone or the voice <laughs> the chin kicking mule guy. Yeah. He said, yes. <laughs> I'm only laughing because it turned out okay. Well, like, can you imagine doing that on a touchy horse? You would get pummeled. Does anyone see the videos of how fast a horse can strike if they want to? This is what I've been oh. trying to remember to say. Oh, thank God it came back. Okay, listen. This is what I've been trying to remember to say for days about um, Feather and not just Feather, but the other wild horses that I played with a little bit here and there. And lucky too. <laughs> the animal is already doing things they don't want to do. They're already taking our direction to some degree. They're already letting us move their feet. They, like to some degree, they have already decided that they're not gonna fight for their life. That, and mm -hmm. of course, that's a little bit goes without saying, except if we're trying to build on something, here, you've got something good, and we're trying to build on it, even if it seems like a mess, or like, like this is a wild animal that doesn't know anything and um, doesn't want me to catch it or touch it or whatever. 
there's still an element of I've decided not to fight for my life, which means to some degree, your friend, not foe, right? And then if they let you do anything to them, move them forward, block them. You see these other Mustang trainers, you know, they get the, and they're like Mustang makeover people. And, you know, they get this Mustang in a pen that's like a thousand feet high and put stuff on the ground and then they just block it from going anywhere. And then when they let it go, okay, whatever. I'm just saying that the animal is already decided you're not worth fighting to the death against. And they're already letting you direct them to some degree. So that was just what I was trying to remember because if we think of it that way, there is something to build on. God, because it kept coming and going out of my mind for days. Ah, that about killed me with a molly mule. Oh, listen, Taylor says that about killed me with a molly mule when I tried firming up with her. Ooh, tell us a story about that. Yeah. What animal is going to let you just randomly sidestep to it and kick it in the leg repeatedly? Wild. I tell you what, if I did that to Celine, oh, she would. Pop. There's other shit that I've seen. Like there's this, there's this whole other these these people. Keep it super anonymous, Michael. These people with a fancy webinar, like a fancy webinar, and like they're they're doing this this uh, talk about. Um, I've got to be uh, communicating with horses and they got their laptops and they're tucking to the camera and it looks like a newsroom and stuff. And I mean, they're out to lunch and you can see that they've never been around a touchy horse in their whole lives because you cannot operate that way. It's impossible. You know, and then, and then so far into the blackberries that you're, they're just, they must be just in the middle of nowhere in a field of blackberries. And they're like, come on in here, it's great. Oh my, my Lord. But the point is that, that uh, unless you're around some legit horses like Celine, And it's all mules that will let you kick them in the shit. <laughs> or horses that are so gentle minded that you can, that like they'll take any stupid little crumb that you throw out there. Oh, it's, it's pretty, like it's brittle. Let, let's see, uh, a dog would bite you. Oh yeah. Even if a dog doesn't bite you at first, eventually they're going to. Uh, oh, she's well, that's what Celine did. Not that, not that she was abusing her at all, but she was going at her, not being effective, and more and more, Celine was gonna. I'm gonna go at you then. All right. I mean, it's a totally different thing from just getting in there and abusing your horse, just kicking him in the shins. But from 
like Celine's the example of what can happen if you're just, you don't fit over horse and you're just kind of overbearing or ineffective or I, I don't know. I, I shouldn't draw that parallel because that's not at all what she intended to do. It certainly wasn't abuse, but that whole, the horse defending themselves is very, the point similar being, in there. The, the point that, being, what, like, I think, is what you're yeah. trying to say is you do have to fit Celine. She's not going to be one that's just going to let you do whatever till the end of time. At some point, yeah. like it has to make sense to her. Otherwise, yeah, she will fight back. But if she if, really wanted to kill yeah. you, she could. And there would be nothing yeah. you could do about it. If that was, think about it. If that was a wild yeah. stallion. That, that was yeah. aggressive. <laughs> There'd be no, I'm going to back up across the pen and try to get you. And be like, you're done. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? So that, that's what I'm saying is to some degree, we're kind of letting us do something. Uh, so let's just read Taylor's thing really quick. I just wanted her to yield over to me. And instead of that result in a firm and fair ask, of her she would pin her ears and then wanted to change charge over the top of me mm -hmm. i was doing my best to be fair respectful of her but she knew she was big and could push me around because she did it to her owner too this was a big uh draft cross mule oh geez yeah i still love mules and think they're great equines just would like to have a better understanding and interaction with them uh, with another mule that was kind of scary with that experience. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thing with a mule and a donkey, like that is going to be their raw high on the menu is running. But but that can happen with a wild horse, too. Yeah. So isn't that I mean, that's worth talking about, don't you think, Michael, is that to some mm -hmm. degree, you're you do have something to build on. Uh, and you said a bit ago, like, it's kind of, I don't know what the word you use was, it's kind of obvious or not obvious or, well, I don't know what you, you said, but maybe it kind of goes yeah, without I, saying. That's what I said. But if you don't, like, like so many things, unless you say it and consider it, it could be flying right past you happening and, and doesn't and wouldn't cause you to rethink or to it wouldn't influence the way you presented itself even though you're exactly right it's happening all the time but you know are you starting from that place or are you starting from a, a domineering place that says you will yeah, do just the thing is there's so many horses and mules apparently that will let you do so many things which is a wonderful deal it is but it is handy to have some context for what an animal that is not gonna just let you do something mm-hmm Uh, and that is actually, I, I should, I should say it more 
emphatically. Because these entire systems of training, communicating with horses, learning, learning the language of horses, whatever, are predicated on absolute bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Because they don't have any context. Not because they're bad people or have bad intentions or bad organization or bad media or bad communications. No. It's bullshit because it's out of context. There's not enough data points. That That's just the long and the short of it. They're not meaning to be full of shit. But if, if you are only around animals that that have a disposition to let you do way more than a horse that's going to barely give you anything, the whole everything can be askew. And that's why it's important is, is all I'm saying, you know, because of course we don't, most people don't need a horse that, that is above their pay grade. They don't, but even the horse that is well suited and is going to fill in and is super, all the things you're still going to be successful with that horse to whatever degree you understand how to actually communicate with horses. Yes. And I don't know these, what's in your mind when you're saying, you know, whatever is bullshit. Some crazy stuff. <laughs> yes, there is crazy stuff. I, I have not spent time on YouTube. I've been putting in 15, apparently. 20 miles a week on the treadmill. So yeah. YouTubing it up. Huh? Um, so yeah. So many things that don't. You would know. Like even, even the, like, oh, there is so many ways, so many ways to interact with horses, but just pick one that's humane, that's semi-reasonable, that is pretty popular, and the horses, you get stuff done with a wide swath of horses. Maybe you only get so far that you can only use so much of the horse, and that's fine with you or maybe you can get quite a bit done with the majority of horses or you get by and your life is yeah. in danger you don't realize it i mean there's such a wide swath that you know a good majority of horses you can't get along with but, but then you know where are the edges where are the limits of what you can to get done what and, kind of horse you're and working when, with at which point are you going to get frustrated? But maybe that, is it going to be when you're? I was going to say, but maybe that's fine if that's you're staying within your pay grade, and you're content to go. Oh, I don't want to touch that sure. horse. Right? That, that one's. But, Michael, don't bring that one. To me, right? Or 
this is where I'm comfortable being, or this is what I want a horse to do. And the clients that I work for, or the, you know, the horses, my goal as a horse owner is to do X, Y, and Z with my horse. Yeah. You know, I don't know, like to, yes. to each their own, yes. but yes, you know, except the sad part is when someone has been happy with their horse for three or four years, and then they want to do something like, who knows what, you know, now maybe you want to trailer by yourself and you've only trailered with your, with a buddy or maybe, you know, you don't, yeah. your flying changes aren't good enough or your stops aren't good enough or whatever. Something will crop up most likely that you are then going to have to solve. And then if your entire scaffolding is built on bullshit, and your horse has filled in for you for four years, and you get to this, my her my horse is perfect, except yeah. you're still fucked. It just took you four years. No. Yeah. And then people, and you know this too, because we've been around a long time, and then people get really mad because they feel like they've spent all this time and all this stuff, and they were off track, and I mean, We've seen people get really mad about that. Well, I, I've had that, <laughs> had that experience at one point in the past. Like, are you kidding me? I've been trying here and I'm only getting so far. And that has nothing to do right? with suddenly you're trying to do, you know, troubled stallions that have been killing people. No. You could have a really nice horse mm -hmm. that is super gentle-minded, but you end up getting to where, hey, I want to go to a big horse show and I can't operate my horse or, you know, I can't get my flying changes or blah, blah, blah. Nothing to do with doing troubled horses is all I'm saying. The scaffolding still matters at some point. Which is, yeah, which is interesting because, you know, I work with quite a, uh, work with a lot of people that are kind of do a lot of this and a lot of that, which is good. It's fine. They're prerogative. Um, you know, want them to be out enjoying their horse, doing things they enjoy. <laughs> and there's been a specific example recently where someone wanted help and was like, well, we need to kind of go back and build the scaffolding. And they didn't, they weren't really interested in doing that or they didn't want to take the time to understand that they just wanted this thing to be better. That's what I um, with Lucky. Yeah. And you're, so you're kind of, you're stuck. Well, it's like, well, I'm not sure I can really help you within the framework that you want to operate. And I guess it's kind of like, well, this is what I have to offer you. Take it or leave it. You know, not saying it i'm not sure it works for you like it will work but you have to buy into it work at it try to understand it try to understand it more work at it more and we will get you there but if you're not interested in this we'll go find someone else that you know maybe suits your fancy more and hopefully they can help and you get you through that with the framework you have pay. but yeah i mean I get, what, you, and then you I get what you're saying, them, for sure. If you ever feel uh, like you're so frustrated you want to get out of horses, come back to me before you get out of horses. Yeah. Because that's 
that's what happens is people yeah. try to do all these things because we've been around long enough and and they're so sure for three four or five years and then suddenly i'm getting out of horses or i had a big wreck or you know i'm bored or who knows and it's okay to get out of horses i'm not mm -hmm. just saying that it's just uh, it's sad when a person gets out of horses because of their scaffold scaffolding and it's just this really 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 delayed response so Taylor says, I'm out of the mindset of how can I fix the problem now with my six-year-old mare, just things on the ground. Yeah, I'm not sure. But Taylor, you need to join Horsemanship Insider. You, you really do, for, for sure. You do, because you need to be able to watch our, our the videos so we can talk more. Um, yeah, so Michael, Everything you you're saying is correct. I mean, I guess what I'm saying, I thought it was funny with um, with Jill. You like wanted to swear, and you almost you said, "I'm sorry," but I do swear on my show. And then you because so, <laughs> bull, bullshit is a little strong as a broad term until we understand who you're where you're saying bullshit because other things is like well yeah you're gonna get stuck okay not but sure you i know call me, it bullshit you've known me a long right? time so if that's what i'm saying there's definitely some you know i haven't been watching youtube as much as you recently but i've definitely seen stuff that's like Wow, that's only going to get you so far. There's I a lot think, of holes to that. I think what, what Good luck. It has, what prompted me to say bullshit is because there was nothing even for the bottom of the scaffolding to stand on. Not a damn thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. That perhaps was, was it, like I said, not bad intentions. Super nice people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Super nice. It's probably super interesting to have a great dinner with them or something. But like in terms of what you're talking about, it is you got to start over. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yes. So you know this is this, and and those of you guys. So what show are gonna know that for the most part I can keep it all together. However, and <laughs> Debbie, you know I send her all these links, right? She watches way more of it than I do. But on this particular webinar, it was like 30 minutes long, you know? And I watched, again, 30 seconds here, 30 seconds here, 30 seconds. And then I, I, I listened like for a section. But you, but it doesn't take very long if you're like, okay, so this, this, and this. You got to have those things right in order for anything to work, right? So I told, told Debbie it was bullshit. And she's like, ah. She's like, I'm like, come on, are you serious? And she's like, well, I like to learn something. And, you know, she has this great attitude. <laughs> she comes back out of the house, like, after lunch. She's like, that was bullshit. I'm like, I don't know. I am definitely, uh, I'm definitely uh not unwilling 
to call a spade a spade and be like, mm, you're not going to get anywhere with that. <laughs> Just understand that there are Lots. things that have L something. More it's often not all than not. Yes. More often than not, yes. all you need, it, like almost 99.9% .9 of the time, all you need is a good attitude and the animal will do the rest for you. Yeah. But like I said, that that yeah. can cause a delayed reaction, which is so sad. And especially, you know, three decades into this business or four decades into this this experience, you know, you start to just think, oh, that was such a cool person. I wish they were still, you know, doing it. So yeah. just the simple thing that, look, there's always something to build on. Yeah. There's always something to build on. Yeah. Okay, that's it for us. I think, unless you have another thought, I'm game for another thought. Farrier doesn't get here for 20 minutes. No, our farrier will be here uh, later, but I have a lot to do between now it's, and then. It's car payment day, truck payment day, I always say. Another nice thing about the Mustangs is no truck. shoes. Right. Car payment as in you gotta humongous put the wheels check to the barrier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just to keep the wheels on your car. Exactly. Okay. Well, interesting, interesting times. Thank you for sharing about the three that you have because I think they're an interesting, interesting juxtaposition. And once because not cupcakes necessarily, but all or like not, you know some gradients but not so far that that we can't really mm. um so if you wanted to see a feather update i do have one posted and then i am we're working on and then we, i did do a few thoughts for those of you guys that are in the horsemanship insider facebook group that i will post in a little bit and then we're doing the abcs of groundwork I think I might be a little bit behind on Insider too. I don't know if you have a video Probably. or two that I have not oh, watched boy. there. Oh my! <laughs> Life's more busy yes, than it's I ever know. been. Cool. But I know you're <laughs> just going to suddenly get caught up one of these days. But she'll see a little feather. She's fun. I can't wait to get her home. That's the big goal, right? Is is that you know she's got to load into the trailer and then come home safely so mm -hmm. all right everybody well thanks for joining us please join me sunday evening for the sunday special with billy money at 6 p.m and then michael and i will be back next thursday morning at 6 30 a.m pacific standard time have a good week everybody Central. bye